It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Today. Are the Colts now the favorites to win the South? What is next for the Saints after learning they aren't getting Michael Thomas back when they expected? And is it time to redefine our expectations of LeBron James? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the stories you need to know and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. The Indianapolis Colts beat up the New York Jets fresh off a monster win with Mike White at quarterback 45-30. to And they now could be in the driver's seat in an AFC South that no longer has Derrick Henry for the foreseeable future. Joining me now from Locked On Colts, Evan Sidery. And Evan, after a game like this, maybe it would have been an unfair question before, but after the Colts come out and they put up 45 on a short week, how much do you think the conversation around who the favorite in the South is has changed? I think maybe a tad bit, but I'm still leaning pretty heavily towards Tennessee because they still really? have four games on their schedule against the the Jaguars. You also have as well the Texans and the Miami Dolphins on there. So that's potentially four wins, or even, I would even say three without Derrick Henry because the Titans still have all those weapons. But this offense for the Colts right now is clicking even though – with that being said, this is a team that could be legitimately that six or seven seed in the wild card race. They've averaged 31 and a half points over the last six weeks. This offense with Carson Wentz is finding its footing. Jonathan Taylor has almost 900 scrimmage yards and nine touchdowns in the last six weeks. Looks like a true superstar running back. And Michael Pittman Jr. is descending into his own elite status at wide receiver. So this offense is super fun. But before that, that second half class by this Colts defense, Peter, I would have been singing a different tune, but that defense, that secondary, it looks really rough. And I don't know how the Colts are going to compete in the AFC South and get back in that race with the way this defense is looking. You mentioned Jonathan Taylor, Michael Pittman. These are still young players. I mean, they're they're still upside for this team to capture here as as the team moves forward, though, right? Oh, absolutely. For sure. Yeah. The 20, 22 years old is Jonathan Taylor. Pittman is 23. These are two young studs that the Colts have. It's going to be the first duo likely since Edron James and Reggie Wayne in 2004 to have at least 1,200 receiving yards and over 1,500 scrimmage yards for a wide receiver and a running back. John Taylor's now paced for 2,100 scrimmage yards. He's having a really underrated season so far, and he's a guy now more likely than not is going to take that rushing crown away with Derrick Henry being out. Given how those players are playing, does it change any viewpoint that you have on the move to get Carson Wentz versus a year or two ago, bringing in a younger quarterback that might fit with the timeline a little bit differently? Yeah, it's a really good question. And one, I'm still evaluating myself because if the Colts go down and they finish with eight or nine losses, I think it's still a serious question as to why you would make that investment, why you want to go out and get a young quarterback. But the way this offense is looking right now, even with the defense having all these question marks, the way that Josh Johnson almost put 500 yards of offense for the Jets against this Colts defense I think it's fair to say that Carson Wentz is a great fifth what Frank Wright wants to do. Throw the ball down the field with his huge arm, utilize play action, utilize Jonathan Taylor and Michael Pittman Jr. down the field. Phil Rivers just couldn't do that last year. This is what Frank Wright wanted to do. Rivers just didn't have the arm strength to do it. Carson Wentz, after a horrible game against Tennessee, 
bounced back on a short week and looked amazing. Probably his best game he's played with the Colts so far this season. That says a lot. He's had a lot of good games already for the Colts this season. So Wentz looks the part, and giving up only a first-round pick and a third-round pick, if this continues and the offense continues to go on this upward trajectory for the rest of the season, I think the price they paid is very fair and one that the Colts can build around and maybe push those chips in a little bit this offseason to go spin and get some more weapons around Carson Wentz. Follow Locked on Colts for more on their climb to the top of the division. Coming up, Michael Thomas isn't coming back to the field for the Saints in 2021. Can they be a playoff team without him? If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked on NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. Sons reacted to the allegations of racism and misogyny during owner Robert Sarver's 17-year tenure. If any of that stuff happened while I was here, I wouldn't be in this seat. And it's hard to navigate all of that stuff when you get the article 9 o'clock in the morning right before uh, or in the middle of a coaches meeting and you're leading a group. Um, and so it's just been a lot to process. Um, I wasn't aware of the situation and my seven years I've been here, you know, I haven't noticed that, but that doesn't you know, make me insensitive to the subject. And, you know, I think the NBA open investigation, they're going to do the due diligence of, you know, bringing out facts. Said he said it, she said it. And, you know, I'm sure the NBA has in good hands and do the proper research to, you know, find out the truth. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like, you know, situations are different. You know, uh, we, we dealt with that in that time. <clears throat> in that time and all that happened, I think right now, uh, like both said, you know, we're not insensitive to everything that was said or whatnot, but, you know, we don't know all the details, right? So the NBA will do its investigation, and in that time, all of us on our team will continue to play and do what we do. The Golden Knights won the Jack Eichel lottery after acquiring him Thursday morning in a trade with the Sabres. The trade winds have been blowing for a while, and on Thursday, the Vegas Golden Knights won the Jack Eichel sweepstakes. Hi again, everyone. I'm Tony Cardasco of Lockdown Golden Knights. I'm here to break down BGK's acquisition of Buffalo Center and three-time All-Star Jack Eichel in exchange for Alex Tuck, Peyton Krebs, and two draft picks. When I first heard about the trade discussions, I felt Buffalo's demands might have been too high, and there were a lot of questions about the medical condition of Jack Eichel. But after being ravaged by early season injuries, I felt the Golden Knights had to do something to excite the fan base and to get a player who can score and distribute every time he touches the puck. He will be playing alongside Mark Stone and Max Pacioretty on the top line. That could be scary good when they're all healthy. The Golden Knights will be looking for a second half push and hopefully Eichel returns after neck surgery from that herniated disc. If fans are concerned about the $10 million cap hit, Many feel the Golden Knights will keep Eichel on the injured list until the postseason, like Tampa Bay did last season with Nikita Kucherov. Remember, there is no cap during the postseason. A lot of question marks. 
but if healthy, the Golden Knights will have a big-time player, one that could bring them the cup, in Jack Eichel. If not this season, perhaps in the future. Despite being eight-point dogs per betonline.ag, the Celtics beat the Heat in Miami by 17. Hey there, John Corrales here after the Boston Celtics beat the Miami Heat. They what? Beat the Miami Heat, 95-78. to 78. A huge response to recent drama, uh, even after a win in Orlando. All the talk was about this players-only meeting. Now they walked into Miami and put their best game of the season together. Very easily their most complete effort. And surprisingly, it included Aaron Neesmith and Romeo Langford. Neesmith had been buried on the bench, but he came out, gave the Celtics a ton of great energy. The Celtics struggled in the first quarter with shots falling short, coming off the back-to-back. That was understandable, but they stuck with it, played their best defense of the season. They really made Miami uncomfortable, and I think that led to a lot of Miami missed shots later. Miami was cold, and the Celtics just persevered. The real key here was when Miami made their run and cut it to single digits in the third quarter, the Celtics didn't cave. They responded and pushed it back out to an even third quarter and an 18-point lead, and they increased it in the fourth quarter. So we have now seen what the Celtics are fully capable of. They can do this. This is what they should look like. And the executive board of the NHL Players Association has voted to approve an independent investigation into the union's handling of sexual assault allegations by Kyle Beach in 2010. In recent days, players expressed concern over the NHLPA's handling of Beach's allegations, even though he hadn't played in a game and wasn't a member, technically speaking. I know I reported every single detail to an individual at the NHLPA who I was put in contact with after Beach said in an interview with TSN Canada. He went on to say, I believe two different people talked to Don Fair and for him to turn his back on the players when his one job is to protect the players at all costs, I don't know how that can be your leader. That's what happened last night. Here's what to look for coming up on betonline.ag, your number one spot for all your pro and college football action this season. Here's what's coming up on the gridiron at betonline.ag. After learning Aaron Rodgers would not participate in the game, betonline.ag's line for the Packers and Chiefs moved from a pick'em to the Chiefs being favored by seven and a half. In the early slate of games, the Browns and Bengals square off in a battle for Ohio. BetOnline.ag likes the Bengals by one in this one. And in college football, LSU travels to Tuscaloosa to take on Alabama. But BetOnline.ag really likes the Crimson Tide. They are favored by 28 and a half. For all your gambling needs, BetOnline.ag has you covered. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to get a 50% welcome bonus on that first deposit. And don't forget to use that promo code locked on to get that bonus. Here is another story you need to know. The New Orleans Saints, fresh off a big win, were feeling good about the prospects moving forward, even with a backup quarterback, because they had all pro Michael Thomas waiting in the wings. Unfortunately, he announced that he would miss the rest of the season with a setback with his ankle. And we still don't actually know who the quarterback is going to be moving forward in New Orleans to help us sort all of that out. Locked on Saints host Ross Jackson is here with us now. And, and Ross, it, it feels almost silly to say how big a loss is not having Michael Thomas, but this is an offense that just doesn't have anyone else. So, I mean, build the whole offense out of Alvin Kamara. They're already doing that. 
Yeah, I mean, that's what they've been doing so far this entire season. And look, uh, Alvin Kamara right now is top four in the NFL in touches. Those other three running backs, all hurt right now in the New Orleans Saints. Of course, they're trying to avoid that as much as possible uh, because they've been dealing with enough injury news all around. And if you think about it, one of the reasons that uh, Jameis Winston ended up getting hurt in the first place was his need to scramble in that game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. One can only wonder if having Michael Thomas on the field would have helped to alleviate some of that because the Saints have had some issues with their receivers not being able uh, to work themselves open throughout the season so far. So missing out on gaining a Michael Thomas at any point throughout this season while also not being able to get a deal done at the trade deadline while the New Orleans Saints were out there were looking they were trying to you know they were talking to New York Giants about potentially bringing in Darius Slayton they were having some conversations with the Cleveland Browns about Odell mm. Beckham Jr. which is a whole other situation that of course is still in the midst of unfolding New Orleans Saints were very very interested in bringing in another wide receiver they weren't able to do that and they miss out on their number one guy who was sort of the big one that everyone was saying, just wait till you know your father comes home. That was going to be the big one, was adding him to this <laughs> offense. And unfortunately, in the same week that they end up losing their uh, starting quarterback in Jameis Winston, they learn that they're not going to be gathering him. So they have to figure out how they're going to build this offense around moving forward to the rest of the season now. And as Chris Rock would say, Michael Thomas was definitely going to get the big piece of chicken once he the got big back piece of chicken absolutely. on the roster 100%. <laughs> Um, what is the latest with the quarterback? Because Taysom Hill was back at practice. It seems intuitive to think that had he, if he was in fact competing for the starting job, that he would now be the presumptive starter. But Trevor Simeon played reasonably well in relief of Jameis Winston last week when Hill was hurt. So where do we stand with these quarterbacks? Well, the New Orleans Saints are in an interesting position, and they're in a, I guess you can say, as positive a position as one could be at this time because they have a quarterback-friendly system. There's a system there that they're perfectly comfortable running the ball 30, 35 times in a game. They ran 36 times against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers but did not you know, run away from the pass at all. Even after Trevor Simeon came in, he still threw the ball 29 times in that game. So they're still willing to throw the ball. They're still willing to, you know, run this offense the way that Sean Payton loves for this offense to be run, which is an even balance between both run and pass. So the Saints could go either way here. Usually I would say that it would make perfect sense that under normal circumstances, yes, Trevor Simeon would have gone in in the middle of the game so that Taysom Hill could maintain his offensive weapon role. And then moving forward from that point, moving forward from that game, you would see Taysom Hill take over. However, Taysom Hill hasn't practiced over the course of the last three weeks because he's been out in concussion protocol after suffering a concussion against the Washington football team in week five. So it could that could mean that the Saints could potentially move forward with Trevor Simeon, at least for this week up against the Atlanta Falcons at quarterback, allowing Taysom Hill to still be able to contribute from his offensive weapon role and then get him folded back into the quarterback position at a later time. It, the easy way to say this, and it doesn't really give anybody an answer, but the easy way that we're all sort of saying it is, hey, don't be surprised if either one of them is a quarterback. And of course, we should remember, even if Trevor Simeon gets the start, that doesn't mean that you won't see Taysom Hill under center at any point throughout the game because you absolutely will in those short yardage and red zone situations. Follow Locked On Saints for more on this story coming up with more injuries plaguing him. Is it time for us to redefine expectations for LeBron James? If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. 
If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. I love Thanksgiving, all the good food and treats and plenty of them, but maybe you want a yummy dessert that isn't so full of calories and sugar. It's the perfect time for Built Bar. Built Bar is the new holiday dessert. Feast on something delicious and feel good about it. I'm not joking. And the reason I'm not joking is because they taste like candy bars. That's how good these things are. One slice of pie is upward of 300 calories, and that's on the low end. Most Built Bars They're only 130 calories, only four grams of sugar, plus you get that good protein. Replace the coconut pie with a coconut built bar. Or go for a raspberry built bar instead of that raspberry pie. Lots of great flavors to replace any pie. Low calorie, low carb, low fat, high protein, covered in 100% real chocolate. And they're great when you're hungry. If Thanksgiving isn't coming soon enough, or maybe uh, you've had a couple two tree old fashions and you need to get that base going again because the turkey's not going to be ready for a while, grab a Built Bar. New surprises all month. Limited time flavors arriving at Built.com regularly. So check the site often. There's nothing like Built Bar Black Friday. Mark your calendar. Black Friday will be a huge event with all sorts of surprises. So go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Com. Agree or disagree? This is the Q of the Day. According to reports, LeBron James will miss at least the next week with an oblique strain, making it the third game Thursday night against the Thunder that he has missed so far this season. Joining me now from Locked On Lakers, Andy Kamenetsky. And Andy, uh, this is, we're not going to freak out about this. This is not cause to push the alarm button so far, but. Is this just going to be sort of the new normal with LeBron, the load management? The, okay, every injury is going to be a little bit longer maybe than than it could have been? Or is this is this just an injury that's going to keep him out a week? Well, I don't know, but I'll say this. If this is the new normal, I at least want to know where the alarm button is. If, <laughs> if I'm not punishing it, I'm pushing it. Can I at least like know the location? Can I have the code? You know, whatever. Because, you know, I mean, this may just keep him out a week. And what I find... You know, interesting about it, what I find unnerving about it, um, mysterious, whatever, is he's almost 37. Right. And for me, it's not so much that it seems like he's been getting hurt more often because LeBron doesn't necessarily seem like his body is breaking down per se. What it does seem like, though, is that he doesn't recover quickly. Yep. You know, we saw this with the groin strain during his first season with the Lakers, which I think if they had been in contention, they might have put him back on the court. But that he, LeBron has said that was a very difficult injury. Um, the ankle that he had um, last season that he was attempting to play through, but he was clearly not himself. And then this situation on top of the earlier ankle situation, I don't know how serious necessarily any of these are taken individually, but if nothing else, LeBron is going to look more human because you're not going to see him just indestructibly come back whenever. Uh, this is, though, theoretically, why they got Russell Westbrook, no, to, to take the load off of LeBron so that he can have a week to get back from an injury that when he was 25 may have taken him, you know, two games. Two hours. I mean, I will say this. If you want to try to try to find a glass half full angle on this, um, it's that it's that Russell Westbrook 
has an opportunity now to build, you know, better chemistry with Anthony Davis. He has an opportunity to learn his teammates even better because he's going to have the ball in his hands more often. He's going to be orchestrating sets more often. And he's still in that getting to know you phase in the same way, really, all these guys are getting to know each other. The, the turnover from last season was, you know, astonishing. Um, what's at minimum glass half empty with this is that LeBron, AD, and Russ were starting to play better as a trio. And the win they had over the Rockets, you know, the Houston of it all notwithstanding, because that that's a team in finger quotes, the three of them were playing much better together. Like that was the best game I think the three of them had had, you know, in a three-headed tandem. And they've been showing more signs of that as the season's gone along. So there's just been a lot of start and stopping with this season. You know, the the preseason, you had a bunch of injuries. You had decisions to, you know, keep members of the big three out of different games. And they're just there's been very little cohesion on top of that lack of continuity. And wherever you think the Lakers are right now, they're behind the pace that I know Frank Vogel wanted them to be at and that they wanted to be at. And finally, elsewhere in L.A., a high school is apologizing for winning by too much. Inglewood High defeated Morningside High School 106 to nothing, a final score the principal in Inglewood deemed unacceptable. While some may wonder if this is a scenario where they just couldn't do anything wrong, you may want a few details. Inglewood turned down an offer from the officials to start a running clock after they ended the first quarter with a 56 to nothing lead. And get this, Inglewood went for two after scoring a fourth quarter touchdown to go up 104 to nothing. Inglewood's principal, Debbie Tate, said an investigation is underway. Reports are they will bring in Frank Caliendo as John Madden to break down the film of that game. I don't know if that'll help the sportsmanship, but at least it'll be fun. Thanks for making Locked On today your first listen of the day. Now that you've got the news, go make some money. Make your second listen Locked on Bets. Download and subscribe free and available on all platforms. Coming up Monday, we'll break down a busy weekend of football. So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on today. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.